Sparky asked me to be the best man in his wedding. Uh, we, were, we were roommates, and um, it was the, uh, the summer before our senior year. So obviously he was getting a new roommate. And the wedding is in, in New York City. Uh, his soon-to-be new roommate uh, was from there. Um, uh, it was going to be at a small Salvation Army church. Well, as the best man, I was responsible for the bachelor party. And if I do say so myself, it was crazy good. Uh, after dinner, we went to this uh, nondescript uh, block building, uh, went up to the, the second floor uh, where there was a, a small basketball court. You know the kind. Um, the, the, the building was, was just big enough for the basketball court. There was no room for bleachers. There was, there was no room for a concession stand. It was just the block walls, some small windows, um, and the blue rectangular pads hanging below the basketball goals uh, so that you wouldn't crash into the walls when you're doing your fancy moves and stuff. I, I remember being surprised at how hot it was in New York. I thought when you drove that far north, uh, it would get colder, but man, it was hot that summer. And so it was like stiflingly hot in that gym, but we didn't care. Uh, this was Sparky's bachelor party, so we were all in. And we played basketball all night long into the wee hours of the morning. And so the next day we were trashed, we were exhausted. So we're at the church. It's 30 minutes before the wedding is to start and, and we're all dressed in our fancy wedding clothes. And, and Brad shouts, hey, we forgot to get the stuff for the car. Somebody else says, there's a, a convenience store not just a mile down the road, let's go. Who does that? Well, we did that. Uh, a bunch of 20-year-olds all piled in our cars and uh, went down the, the street to this convenience store. Well, I'm, I'm the last one in line and I'm, I'm paying for my cans of, of shaving cream and toilet paper and the other things uh, that we were getting to, to decorate the car. And, and after I had paid and, and gone back outside, everybody was gone. And I'm like, well, okay, that's no problem. I mean. The church is just right down the street, and I just came from there, and I couldn't find it. I drove down every street. I, I turned left, and I turned right. I went around every block, and it was like this church just completely vanished, and it was 15 minutes before the wedding was to start, so my heart starts pounding a little faster. I'm like, okay, I gotta ask somebody, and so I go into a different convenience store, and I ask uh, the guy behind the counter, I'm like, hey, sir, could you please tell me how to get to the Salvation Army Church um, just down the road from here? Well, he gave me that deer in the headlights look. He had no clue where this church was. And I'm like, great. So I go outside and there's a man pumping gas. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, uh, could you tell me how to get to the Salvation Army Church uh, that's near here? He was like, sorry, dude, I'm from a different part of the city. I don't know this place. I'm like, great. I'm the best man. I've got the wedding rings in my pocket. So I'm starting to feel a, a little panicky when I see across the street in a parking lot a police car. And I'm like, yes. And so I go over and the police officer rolls down the window. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. I need to get to the Salvation Army Church. I'm, I'm in a wedding that starts in about 10 minutes. 
and there's this complete blank look on his face. He had no idea. And I'm like, really? So I'm, I'm leaning against my Toyota Corolla station wagon in complete and, and utter disbelief. I had come all the way to New York City just to miss Sparky's wedding. Jesus' parable is about 10 bridesmaids at a Jewish wedding, and five of the bridesmaids missed it. This, the story is a continuation of a, a sermon that Jesus is preaching to his disciples. Uh, it's, it's a sermon about the end of the age. So he says, uh, at the end of days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be um, earthquakes and, and famine and, and lots of persecution and suffering. To be honest with you, they're not my favorite passages uh, to read in the Bible. Uh, for one, they can be hard to understand and interpret and, and, and somewhat confusing, uh, but mostly because uh, they can be frightening. Uh, any thoughts of, of the end of the world and, and of my demise, um, uh, th those can be really uncomfortable. But Jesus says, uh, the Son of Man will come in the clouds of heaven uh, with power and great glory and will gather people from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And though it will be, it will be soon, Jesus says, uh, no one will know when it's going to happen. And so then he tells these four stories, uh, four stories about how we're to live until the end of the age. And, and our story uh, about the wedding banquet is the second one that he tells. It's a story uh, about those who are ready and those who aren't. You know, weddings are a big deal in any culture, and, and Palestine is no exception. And, and so uh, what I've gathered from uh, biblical scholars is um, that all of the guests, the bridesmaids included, they would be gathered at the parents of the bride. And the parents of the bride um, would, would be accommodating them, would be taking care of them, and, and all of them were, were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And so uh, when the shout comes out that the bridegroom was coming, then everybody would get excited. All of the guests and the bridesmaids, uh, they would light torches or, or trim their lamps, and, and they would go out and, and, and greet the bridegroom. And then uh, they would all join together in, in kind of this festive procession, and they would walk through the village or through the city uh, to the groom's house, where the groom's parents were waiting for the crowd to come, and they were waiting for the ceremony, and then for the great banquet, the great feast that would ensue, and sometimes uh, would last for days. And so when you imagine that, I think especially if, if I were the groom walking through the streets, like your neighbors are, are coming out to greet you. And so, so there could be delays depending on, on how long you would, would pause uh, and, and visit with, uh, uh, with your neighbors and, and with the, the people around you. Well, in this story, uh, there, was, there was a great delay. So much so uh, that, that everybody fell asleep. Not until the cry comes at midnight, very unexpected, does everyone wake up? Now, this story that Jesus tells, it kind of leans into allegory, which just, just means that things in the story are representative. 
So the bridegroom, of course, uh, is Jesus, uh, who is coming at the end of days. Uh, And the delay, well, you know, the early church expected Jesus to come back in their generation. And the present church is still waiting for Jesus' second coming, is still waiting uh, for Jesus to return. Uh, The bridesmaids, uh, they represent us, uh, the church. Uh, The great wedding banquet, well, that's when God's reign, God's kingdom is finalized. You know, we find that uh, often in the scriptures, but it's also in our communion liturgy, uh, that in those days, when God's kingdom comes, uh, we, we sit together at, at the banquet table. And the closed door, that's the final judgment. So, there's a couple of things about this story that are, that are a bit disturbing to me. You know, it's, it's implicit in the text that um, as they slept, their lamps went out, and they had no more oil. Now, with all of these things uh, that are representative, the extra oil is, is kind of the challenging one, and, and scholars try to figure out, well, what does the oil represent? You know, Martin Luther says that the, the extra oil represents faith, and, and the wise bridesmaids had that extra oil of, of deep faith in Christ. Uh, but many other scholars, they, they actually point to the beginning of Matthew's gospel and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, verse 14, uh, Jesus has said, you're the salt of the earth, and then he says, you are the light of the world. And he, you know, he says, if, you, if you've got light, he says, you don't put it under a, a bushel basket, you put it on a lampstand so that everybody in the house can see. And, and Jesus says, uh, it's, it's the same with you. Let your light shine so that everyone can see your good works and give glory to God. So this idea that it's this um, responsible discipleship, uh, that as faithful disciples of Jesus, which means um, probably mostly uh, that, that we live in this, this generous love, love of God and, and love of neighbor, that, that we um, are driven by mercy and, and, and by justice. The negative example with the five foolish bridesmaids that seems to make it very clear that to be Christian in name only really is not enough. The closed door, I don't know about you, uh, that's disturbing to me, that the door would be closed. The second thing that's disturbing to me is, you know, why wouldn't the, the five bridesmaids who had extra oil, like, why wouldn't they share it? I've been in that place before, you know, like I'm with my friends and we're buying lunch. And I'm like, hey, dude, I left my wallet at home or I don't really have any cash. Could you could you loan me some money so that I can eat lunch with you guys? Um, and I've been on the other side of that, too. Like uh, if, if one of my friends is, is, you know, comes up a little bit short, I'm like, sure, if I've got it, I'm going to share it with you. Well, the door closes with Jesus saying, truly I tell you, I do not know you. It's kind of haunting. I don't know you. 
but it explains why we can't borrow the oil. I can't borrow your relationship with God. I have to have my relationship with God. So I'm leaning against my Toyota in the parking lot five minutes before the wedding is to start. I, I was feeling some serious despair. And then I saw her coming. There was this old lady walking down the sidewalk. My, my last hope, and, and because she was walking, I figured she knew the community well. And so I ran up to her and I, I'm like, excuse me, uh, do you know where the, the Salvation Army Church is? And she brightened and said, yes, I'm going there right now to attend a wedding. And I'm like, yes, me too. I'll give you a ride. And, and she got in the car and she led me there. And we screeched into the parking lot and I made it into the groomsman's line about 30 seconds before the wedding was supposed to start. John tells us about Jesus' last day. And he's talking with his disciples, and um, he says some pretty hard things to them. He, he says, you guys are going to totally fail me. You know, the, the betrayal, uh, the denial, the, the completely leaving him deserted and alone. And, and Jesus says, and then they're going to arrest me, and then they're going to kill me. And so you can imagine, um, you know, they're troubled by that. And Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He says, I'm going away. He says, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And in my, my father's house, there are many places for you. And then he says, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back to bring you to where I am so that where I am, you can be too. And you know, I, I think that as much as anything reveals God's heart, God's desire for us to be together uh, in the same place. And Jesus tells them, you know the way. Well, Thomas kind of shouts, we don't know the way. I don't know the way. And that's when Jesus says, I am the way. If you know me, you know the way to God. You know God's kingdom. And you know, that's what being ready means. It means to know Jesus. And Jesus says, if you know me, you know the way. You know the way. Amen.